Unqualified Car Show presents Car News from Around the Globe with your hosts, Walter and Donnie. Welcome to this third week of March 2021. I'm your host, Walter. Correct. Yes, it's no longer 2020. And it took me a little bit to uh, figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to blame it on daylight savings time. <laughs> that's that's the news. Daylight saving time happened. Yep. Thanks All right. So ready in. to wrap up then? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, there's big news and it is important news. We need to discuss this. And every car guy, every car gal, every car person out there should know about this if you don't already i think this even goes for people who aren't into cars it's gonna affect everybody yeah i i agree well, i think pretty much everybody everybody audi has made the statement that they are no longer developing internal combustion engines at all no new development no new engines whatsoever i believe they said 2030 that is the end date no more no more gas running any audis it's all evs which is a very ambitious date considering that they only have one ev out there and it's their first ev whereas some of the other automakers have played with evs before in the past so they at least have some background there audi mm, no it's just the e-tron and now the e-tron uh gt yeah well that's i guess they had the a3 as a whole they had the a3 e-tron back in the day Right, the little hatchback based off the Golf E. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the E-Golf yeah, or whatever. Golf. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Ingolstadt is no longer rolling out supercharged V6s, which they haven't been for a while. But <laughs> no more V6s, V8s, V10s. wonder what Lamborghini's going to do if they're not developing engines for them anymore. So that's what I was going to ask. Is it just Audi or is it all of Volkswagen Group? I mean, all of Volkswagen Group is kind of like leaning, like going in that direction. We'll see what happens. Porsche has said that they're not going to be giving up on internal combustion yet, right? They didn't like come out and say that. They do have plans for an all-electric Macan, and the 718s are also going all-electric, I think, for the next gen. So, Wait, you know, no, no more. more IC uh, Boxer Cayman. and Cayman. Yeah, it'll be EVs. Wow. Which, I mean, that's the kind of the EV I would want, so I'm kind of curious to see how well they do it. Yeah, but I mean, with the Cayman, like, you know, it's I heard that it's amazing handling, but it's when you're driving next to one on the road, the sound is... Yes. I mean, every Porsche, but especially the... Well, obviously, number one, the 911 and all their other... You know, the, the big boys, but the... The Cayman, it's a very surprising engine note coming out of it. That you yeah. don't expect out of a car that small. Yeah. It's going to be really weird for that to be fully electric without any IC options. Especially when you have the four liter GTS as an yeah. option, right? Like, they, that's they, like, like they finally put the big boy in there. It's like, oh my God, what a, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> a four liter six in the Cayman. That's nuts. Um, yeah. yeah. So... Volkswagen, I mean, I think it's all, it's a it's a big push after Dieselgate, right? Like they doing the Electrify America thing for their penance. Um, but I think they just, you know, to clean up their image, they're just going full EV. They're just sending it. Not to be outdone, though. 
and coming to our saving grace, the Bavarians have said, Ha! We will continue to develop IC engines for the foreseeable future, which Lord knows what the foreseeable future means. It might be next week where they <laughs> announce that they have to go all electric. But they are yeah. saying, nope, the emissions aren't too stringent for us. Because that's one reason Audi said that they're just going to stop developing new engines because the Euro 7 emission standards went crazy strict. BMW's like, nope, we're going to do it. We can do it. So good for God you, BMW. bless the Bavarians. I am glad I'm an owner. <laughs> Likewise. Yeah. Um, so the Bavarians, you know, you'll still get your straight sixes and they'll probably get rid of V8s at some point and go to f- straight sixes and straight fours. But at least we have engines. And it kind of goes into looking at downsizing and where things are going. The next gen, right? So they just showed off the new C-Class. I don't know if you remember seeing that. A few weeks ago, it looks oh, like everything else, it. right? It looks like every other Mercedes. Mercedes has gone the way of like BMW in the 70s, where it was like the same German yeah. sausage cut to different lengths. That was the actual joke. They said it was like BMWs are the same German sausage cut to different lengths. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Mercedes has become. So they're all the same front ends. You can't distinguish them unless you're like standing right next to them. So you can get like a scale of size. The, the right. A class, the C class, the E class, and the S class all look the same. Well, and that's kind of the story of Audi, I think, in, I'd say, starting maybe six years ago. Yeah. yeah but I like mean, the, like the, the 2015 era Audi, they all kind of look, and they've just kind of been getting more and more different. They've all been kind of becoming, no, I think they've all been kind of looking, starting to look more and more the same. But the only thing that's changing is the grill is getting bigger and bigger. Well, I would say the you know, each one is outdoing how big the other one's grill is. I think the A6 and the A8 look the same, but I think yes. the A4 well, and the A5 look very different, and obviously the A7. Yeah. So I mean, but I, I know what you're saying. I just think well, the A7, but honestly, like the now they've included the A5 sp- Sportback, sport which is a four which, door. You know, I saw that. And I'm like, oh, that's a small A7, and then I got up close. I'm like, it's an A5 with a lift. Back. It's, it's yeah (laughs) well back to my original point before we digressed yeah mercedes uh is moving to a turbocharged four for the c63 amg what yeah for the c63 for the c63 they're gonna have some crazy turbo four yeah oh no more no more v8 i want like a 19 an early 1980s group b kind of savage Four cylinder. That's the only type that I. Yeah, like, f- it's gotta it's gotta have anti lag and everything in there. Yeah, that would be that would be great. Yeah, <laughs> they were they're gonna have to right. I mean, the AMG forty five or the CLA forty five AMG puts out four hundred and twenty horsepower out of a two liter, which is nuts. I'm. I'm... Yes, you heard me correctly. 400 horsepower out of a two liter. 400 plus. It's like 210 horsepower per liter specific power output. I remember like when Volvo came out with their four cylinder, their their new four cylinder, and it was it pushes like 250, I think 250 to 270. I don't, I can't remember exactly, but I remember reading in the newspaper it was like the letter to the editor, and somebody was like, "Should we be concerned that they're getting this much power out of a two liter?" four cylinder and he's like well you know modern materials you know they're getting better but 
400, 400 plus horsepower out of a two liter. That's crazy. Yeah, and I might be, I, I'm pretty sure it is 400, but it's it's something insane. It's the highest output two liter. It's the highest specific output engine, I think, out there right now. Yeah. I mean, that's just nuts. That's nuts. Especially c- considering eight years ago, GM was the king of highest specific output with the LTG engine that they have in the, the four-cylinder in the Camaro. It was like 295, give or take. Um and at the time, that was like certified most power dense engine in production. Well, yeah, I think it was. I might be completely wrong, but I, I thought it was like the E thirty six M three was the first economy, roughly economy car, to have to break a hundred horsepower per liter. I think you're right. Yeah, it, so it was like you know what mid mid nineties that they finally said we can make for a decent price a hundred horsepower per liter, and now we're is that two hundred horsepower per liter. Which, which is, it's one thing on, on a big engine, but on, this is a tiny engine. Like the, the, the smaller you get, it's the scales don't work the same at that small of an engine. That's no. scary. Yeah. Um, so they're downsizing and I don't know what BMW will do about downsizing. I'm sure they have to just to meet emissions and stuff like that. Um, but yes, Audi joins the ranks of other luxury automakers that have already committed to doing all EVs by 2030, including Volvo, which I think we talked about last time with the C40, not the XC40, the C40, which is basically just, it looks like an XC40, but they call it a C40 and it's a battery car. Take it as you will. So it's coming. The wave of EVs is coming, even if you don't want it. I got to say, uh, well, you, you mentioned earlier that, you know, Volkswagen only has, you know, what, or Audi only has one or two production cars. But honestly, I think Volkswagen might have a better uh, stance in the EV market than we think. Just considering, I, I'm, I'm thinking about the ID, IDR right now. Oh, the race car? Yeah, the race car that they put together in, like, eight months or something yeah i mean so i I think there's still a lot of development to go but they definitely know the suppliers well i don't think so the the thing about racing right is it's you know maximum power output it's not designed for longevity and the biggest thing that's about evs is that you know they have to be used so the batteries go through weird cycles they're not highly optimized they also go through way different environmental factors and that is true that the IDR would be completely unrealistic for yeah right like a grocery getter but <laughs> I, I don't think it's I mean maybe it's the same maybe someone from Volkswagen will email us and tell us no this is how it actually is but right now they have the ID3 the ID4 is supposed to come out soon they have the oh, e-golf right. so they've they've done that before right they've done EVs and then you right. know some of the other stuff that the other brands that they have have had but I mean, I think they're well suited because that they're just so big, and they have. Yeah, I was gonna. They they know they're the biggest car company in the world. I think. And yeah. They definitely know all the people. I so think. I think last I feel like year just they were hustling us. Yeah, they last year they were so. with Toyota right behind them, and then they did. They had a battery day the other day, so they did this Tesla esque show 
right? Where they're like, oh, look at all of our cool EV technology. And they said that they want to have like eight or a dozen battery factories in Europe. Like they're trying to do like distributed manufacturing of batteries. And I don't know. I didn't really read into it, but it just seems odd that they would want to have so many batteries. Maybe it's, you know, to avoid the pitfalls of having one place building everything. (laughs) Semiconductor shortage. Um, (laughs) But yeah, they want to have them just all over the place. So they are like ramping up. They're going to put all that mega money and that mega German force behind things. And I guess get it rolling. But they have, I mean, yeah. they have to because China's requiring it. Their emission standards went stringent, like crazy fast. They were like... China's did? Yeah, they were like super lax for like years and years and years while we were like ramping up with Europe and the US. And then China's like, crap. And then they just went like super stringent. They just like leapfrogged <laughs> the US. I think, I think that has a lot of implications beyond automotive because, I mean, and my... From from the way that I look at it, China is only heavily polluted because America outsources its pollution to China. Well, yeah, but China also has has made the decision to allow that to happen. Yeah, I, I'm right. Remember, saying, it, like, it is state controlled. So the Chinese government <laughs> said, "Yeah, that's fine. We don't care." I just don't know where we're going to make our stuff anymore. If we, you know. <laughs> I guess we'll move to India. Like, things, uh, the production of things is dirt as a dirty industry. I don't know where we're going to make things anymore. Yeah, I don't think so. people. I, I think there's a lot of misconception about what it means to be green. Yeah, right. Like the end using product might be green, but the production process is hard to make green. Right, and right. the amount of energy that that requires. You know, maybe they can make enough renewable energy, but I mean. We all know what the answer is. Uranium pellets. <laughs> so just just my two cents there. I was gonna say we could we could go off all day about <laughs> about energy. I, policy. I have I have well I have a whole thing on like ethanol and you know how they say um you know what what is it? Uh biofuel. They call them biofuel cars because they can run ethanol. Yeah. But ethanol has like by far the lowest you you put way more energy into into making ethanol than you get out of it. Yeah. So I think I think like I think liquid natural gas is the best at your return on investment, basically mm-hmm. energy wise. Ethanol is by far the worst, but it's so heavily marketed as a green product. Well, and it's, it's also heavily subsidized. Yeah. And it's also legally required to be at least ten percent of fuel. Right. I don't know if it's legally required. No, no, it's 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 a it's a legal. It's a federal requirement because you can buy zero percent. Yeah, you can, you but know, it has to be, a... but it has to be like labeled as such. There's a federal requirement oh, okay. for ethanol production because of the subsidization of it, right? Because they subsidize farmers. Oh. It was like part of farm bills or whatever. Yeah, crap, yeah, yeah. right? So they're buying the corn. The problem with ethanol is, and I did some research on this in college, that depending on where you grow it, it has a higher or lower water impact per bushel which then translates to per gallon of ethanol right so ethanol grown in places where it's highly subsidized and highly consumed like california is way more water intensive than in a place like iowa but because of how it's transported 
they don't want to transport ethanol made in Iowa to California, right? That's not very energy efficient. So they would rather use corn grown in California, which requires like 10 times more water than in oh, Iowa to grow, right? So it's just compounding, right? So they have like a drought anyway, because it's California and there's way too many people there. And then they also have to grow corn for all the people who are, <laughs> who are using the ethanol. So you can see the catch 22. We could have a whole episode on ethanol, I think, and just just about misconceptions about fuel. Yes, and how and like, how complex. Yeah, but that's playing a dicey game in this socio-economical, political market, whatever you want to call it. I don't even know. Everything's all the same now. <laughs> we don't want to get canceled that. before we get started. Everything, everything's all connected, and yeah, you. We're going to get canceled no matter what we say. <laughs> if we had any listeners, we'd be canceled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we're making fun of Audi for being gr- trying to be green. <laughs> um, well, I will say, so all of our listeners out there, we can't get it, but you can get onto the Google machine or DuckDuckGo and type in Audi e-tron gt pedestrian alert sound or engine sound or whatever but they did care about the driving experience at low speeds so background there's a federal requirement in the u.s and there's a european requirement that an ev because they're quiet has to emit some sort of sound at a certain decibel level up into like 30 miles an hour because you know gas cars you can hear them running so that's how pedestrians kind of alert themselves to okay a car is coming up behind me can't hear an ev though so they made a federal requirement well it's open to interpretation there's no requirement on what the sound sounds like so audi has determined that they're going to make theirs sound like an engine (laughs) and it revs in everything it's hilarious and it actually sounds pretty good. I mean, like, of course, it's a video and sound production and all that kind of crap. But they did that. And I know that each or the the Taycan, Porsche's EV, which is basically the e-tron GT Quattro or whatever the hell they're calling it. Um, but their sound is a little bit different. It's more futuristic sounding, but it has like a little bit of rumble in like the background. So as it drives by... Um, it sounds like, wait, was that an engine? And you look and it's like, oh, it's a Taycan. One drove by by me not too long ago and I was very surprised at how it sounded. Oh, that's pretty funny. But each car is kind of like different and they make the Taycan kind of more sporty than the other ones. Yeah, right. I mean, I'm just but, waiting for like, you know, for, I'm waiting for them to make the Jetta EV and it's just, it goes by and all you hear is lifter tick. <laughs> like, a, <laughs> like a simulated lifter tick. <laughs> I think that's what Chevy's going to do for all the uh, high performance. Yeah. <laughs> so they get that LT lifter tick. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Audi's breaking our heart, but BMW came to save the day. In short. <laughs> what else is new? <laughs> what else is new? Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, so I want to thank everybody for listening into this week's news roundup. I know it wasn't everything that happened in the automotive world, but I thought it was the two most important things that you needed to know about. Don't forget about our normal podcast, 
unqualified car show where we pull a car out of a hat and we talk about it, but we don't know anything about it because we're unqualified. If you didn't, well, get we've it. seen them. We just haven't like driven them, or <laughs> yeah. we, we we there's a chance we may have seen one before. Yes, there is a there is a slight so. chance. <laughs> we are not blind. Um, <laughs> give us a follow on social media. You can find us on Instagram and our website show.unqualifiedcars.com. Feel free to send us an email with any hot tips, car picks, or praise. Show at unqualifiedcars.com. As always, we have a Patreon which is probably where you're listening to this in the future or right now. I'm not sure. I'm not a mind reader and I don't have a time machine. Um, But we're putting all kinds of fun, special content on there. So you can follow us for some other shenanigans there. Uh, As always, Walter, thanks you for listening. Donnie probably also thanks you for listening. I suppose I do. Yeah. Um, Anyway, listen to the next episode of the Unqualified Car Show, uh, wherever you get your qualified Unqualified Car Show podcast.